0: Hey, good morning, Christ Fellowship. Well, I'm Jamie, and I am uh, the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship, and so thankful that uh, we have uh, some extra friends with us today. And it's a joy to uh, to uh, have have everyone here. If you would open your Bibles to Philippians chapter one, we're actually starting a new series today called "Peace in Relationships," and uh, Anybody need a little bit of that along the way, along the journey? And by the way, I want to thank Todd Knight for preaching last week. I was in Croatia and uh, we were getting our uh, kind of a board of advisors set up there for the church that we planted. Roger and Aaron Massey and James and Laura Albright went there in 2004. The church got started in 2005. We handed off to to Croatian leaders and they are there. They're doing the church. It's a church plant out of this church in Zagreb, Croatia, and uh, they are doing great. They're so thankful that we came and are helping them plan, coach, and all that kind of stuff for the future. So a great trip, and thanks to Todd Knight, who killed it, by the way, last week, preaching. Uh, Just awesome job. Listen to that message online if you haven't got a chance to hear it. One of the things interesting to me is he was telling some of the stories about the story of Christ Fellowship, and um, and he was... uh, it's, it's from his perspective, you know, so I've got my own, you know, thoughts and perspective on stuff, but it was great for me to hear, you know, his, his story. Let's read the Word together and then we'll jump in. First 11 verses uh, for the day, and I'm going to uh, get a little coaching for my eyes here, right there. Uh, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now and being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart whether I in, am in chains or, in defending, uh, or defending and confirming the Gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Father, we ask that You would bless Your Word today. You, we ask that You would bless just our hearts, even as we hear, receive, and our lives are changed and transformed by Your Holy Spirit, Lord, as we uh, sit under Your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Okay, so, new series, Peace in Relationships. We got this Word, for those of you who are visiting or whatever today, and by the way, thanks for coming and being with us. Um, We got this word at the beginning of the year, just at the end of last year, that the word for this year was peace. Peace. We got a great word, right? Everybody's into peace, right? Well, I think it was because the Lord knew we had some anxieties to face along the way. So when you get the great word, um, you know, it's because you probably need it. So that's the way it's been for us this year. And. And so we're jumping into Philippians. And you say, well, Philippians, I thought Philippians was a letter about joy. And it is a letter about joy. That's true. It's the joy letter. But in behind that joy was, is a desire for peace. And there, there's an underlying problem that's going on that Paul's writing about. And so part of that problem, or not problem, part of the situation is they'd sent a gift to him. And so he's in prison at the time. And he gets this gift from the, uh, the church there in Philippi, and he's thankful. They've helped him in the past, they weren't able to help for a while, and now they're helping him again, and he's going, hey, thank you so much, you know, I'm content whether I've got a lot or I don't have much at all, I'm content, but thank you. Thanks for sending Epaphroditus and, you know, Timothy. These, all, all this is happening, and I'm just, I'm blessed here. But in behind that, and here's where I want us to go with this series in behind that, there's actually an underlying conflict going on in the church. And we'll see it in a, a Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. But these two key leading women in the church named Euodia and Syntyche are kind of battling about who's going to be first. There's a conflict between them. And it really underlies what's being said. When you start seeing it through that lens, all of a sudden you realize... Man, there's a lot of stuff that Paul says in Philippians that's about helping people get along and, ma- and, and have peace in relationships. Does that make sense? And if you read it through that, you put the peace in relationship glasses on, you're like, oh, wow. Okay, I see he's trying to get peace in relationships all through this whole thing. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going to be going. When you see that, it unlocks the letter in a very real way. And it's not just for the Philippians. Can I get a witness out there? It is for modern-day Americans, modern-day uh, people from Waco and Norman and, and, uh, and, and Fort Worth, Texas. And learning to work through difficulties in relationships is one of the most important skills you will ever develop in life. Um, it's, not a, it's not like, is it going to happen? The older ones laughed first. It's, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when, you know, it's has it happened, is it happening and when's it going to happen next, you know, it's just, it's, it's, and so learning how to work through stuff that happens is a big deal in life. It's a gigantic part of the journey. When a relationship gets hard, it can shut you down. When it gets hard, it can shut down purpose. It can shut down a sense of joy in the relationship. It can shut down a sense of life and flow and meaning. And it's like uh, uh, what was it, six weeks or so, seven, I, I forget, a little while back, I got sick. I hardly ever get sick, praise the Lord. But I had a 24-hour deal, and I felt like not good. And uh, I mean, it was rugged, you know, I'm just moaning, I'm not a good sick person. I don't think males are good sick people, <laughs> but I'm not a good sick person. And I just felt like, oh, I didn't feel like doing anything. You know, just I was, it was crummy and just, and that's what happens. That's the way, that's what happens in us. And when our relationships start going sour, it's just like, oh, it's hard to get going, move forward. It's, it's depressing is what it is. And chances are, even as I'm starting this, it's not hard for any of us in this room to get mental pictures of something that happened in the past, family, a work situation, something maybe even that's going on right now, you know, and that's why it's, it's so very important. I just wonder, you know, imagine how the enemy uses relational difficulties to stop us from just running the race. You know, and doing all the things that we're supposed to do in life. Imagine the loss in work, families, potential, church life, life groups, touching the city, touching the nations, all the fire, that the visions and things that we've had about this church, touching this city, the nation, and the nations of the earth. Imagine how things would be hindered if the enemy has his way with us on this issue. And a key part of working through relationships in tough times is vision. And that's what we're talking about today. It's the vision challenge. It's like, I, I am hindered in my ability to work through relationships if I don't have a vision for that actually happening. And Paul, right here at the start of this letter, he's going to say, I want you to have a vision for things working out. That's part of the foundation that Paul's going to lay for us. It's helpful to talk about so that everyone can believe there is a way forward and so That our vision is more than, oh well, had some relational difficulties, I guess it won't work out. Oh well, I guess it will never be better. Oh well, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. And God wants us to have vision for things, you know, we're in Christ. We have the life of Christ. That that song, Christ be all around me. You know, we have the, the life of Christ in us and that should permeate. That should be expressively expanding in concentric circles of concern out from our lives. The kingdom of God breaking in, humility, love, peace, life breaking in all around us. And so part of this vision that I'm going to be hitting on this morning, it's based on the image of God. You know, when you see Jesus, what you see is the God who is face to face with His Father in the Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was turned toward God from eternity. Prostantheon is the, the, the Greek phrase there. And so this, this thing that I'm hitting on this morning, if I was going to put it into a, just boil it into a sound bite, this is it, the main thing. God is calling us to a vision for peace in relationships that is shaped by our life in Christ and ever increasing love for others. Two key parts to this vision our life in Christ and ever increasing love. That's what Paul hits on in this first little piece. That's what we're going to talk about. So, the vision challenge is to see relationships marked by number one, Jesus Christ. I'm going to step out there, have a point that you guys never hear in these sermons from Jamie Miller. Jesus Christ, He is our hope, He is our life, He is our joy. He is what do you need? You need more patience, you need more peace, you need more love. He's got it. You know, and what we need is not more of those things kind of ratcheted up in our lives. We need more of his life being expressed through us. Less of us. More of him. So, you know, the lives marked by Jesus. Look at this. Just in this one little opening, you know, salvo here from Paul and it's not salvo, it's opening words. Um wrong word, sorry. Just opening uh, you know, thing he's saying. Servants of Christ Jesus, okay? To the saints in Christ Jesus. If, if you didn't get anything else I said this morning, if you got that, that you're actually in Christ and united with Christ, it'll change your life forever. I'm going to say some other things, but that, that, that's noteworthy. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So even right there off the bat, by looking at Jesus, what you see is the relational God of love. That's what you see when you look firmly and focusedly into the face of Jesus. You see that God is a God of love. Perfectly enjoy. I'm going to say more about that in a second, so I'm going to keep going. Um, I think my God, uh, He's going to carry it on. We're partners in this mission of Jesus Christ. He's going to carry it on to, to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That points to... Uh, Literally, Paul's going to say this later, the resurrection. And I I always like to take just a moment on the resurrection because I think in the American church, we've kind of lost the resurrection somehow. It's weird. I'll go to training schools and stuff and I'll start talking about the resurrection, and people are like, Yeah, we're going to be raised from the dead. That's our hope. It's not just that we go to heaven and have spirit, you know, kind of a, a, a disembodied experience in heaven forever and ever. If you read the end of the Bible, our hope is a new heavens and a new earth with glorified bodies that are raised from the dead. Why that message sounds strange to American ears, I do not know. Maybe Hollywood or something, you know, white soundstage, dry ice. People kind of walking around don't know what they're doing forever and ever. That's not the end of the Bible. The end of the Bible is new heavens, new earth. Yes, to be, when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? So we're present with the Lord, but then we're going to be raised from the dead when He comes again. That's really not the point of my message today, but I felt like I needed to emphasize it over and over and over over again. People still... Paul said if we lose this hope of the resurrection of the dead, we're going to be pitied. That's the point of 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to be raised from the dead. Okay, so He's going to say that in Philippians 3, that our bodies are going to be raised to be like His glorious body. Right there, the last verse in chapter 3. Back to this. So, Christ Jesus, until the day of Christ Jesus. I, I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus, with Christ's love, His compassion flowing in my heart. That's how I long for you. That's how I love you. He goes on, pure and blameless until the day of Christ. There it is again, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. The point I'm just trying to make here, and I'm losing my breath, getting excited, trying to do it, is that He is pointing us to a vision of Jesus Christ. A vision of Jesus Christ. want to have peace in relationships, it's by looking to Jesus. It's by looking to the One who lives in us. It's by looking to the One who reveals, and, and this is important, He is the only way you can see what God is like. There is no other way Now, you can string a bunch of Bible verses and things together, but if you don't look through the lens of Jesus Christ, you're going to miss it. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the light that shines in the darkness. You can't figure it out on your own. You have to look to Jesus. So this is huge. And what Jesus reveals is a relational God of love. You know, you you read the Gospels and you see Jesus relating to His Father in the Spirit. Jesus... A, his, he's, all he's doing, he's revealing God to us, the Father to us. No one has ever seen the Father but the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So, uh, Jesus Christ, everybody tracking with me there. What happens when we start to see God in this way at the foundational level, with God as relational, God as loving? God as kind. What happens when we see that God, this God, perfectly happy from all eternity? Not, not off in a corner, you know, kind of ticked, you know, just in this, in this uh, dark corner by himself, but perfectly happy in a relational uh, circle of love, the triune circle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternally happy from all eternity. What happens when we, with a love that's so intense, That it can only be called one, he's one, and yet he's distinct. I know I'm laying some heavy things on on everybody here, but just this is, this will change your life when you start seeing how God really is. That he's one, and yet he's distinct. And he's made us to be one, and yet distinct. That's being in the image of God. You know, he's made the the Antioch movement to be one and yet distinct. Norman's different than Fort Worth and Waco's different than Norman and and yet we're one. All these brothers and sisters together, one family. And we form a larger part, we form a part of the body of Christ. One and yet with all these different distinctions, language, tribe, nations, tongue, you don't lose the distinctions, but you're one. When you, what happens when you start to get that kind of vision about God and you start applying that to relationships? What happens when we see that God wants to bring us into that love? That's His whole plan, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, is to bring us into that circle of love from before the creation, from before the fall. His plan was to adopt us into that family of love. Somebody said you a Hallelujah and an Amen. It's like awesome right there. This is this is so unbelievably good news. It's better than the best news that you've ever heard. It's wow. you know. It's awesome. What happens when we see that our life, oh my, oh my, is united with Christ? That He's included us in this, like His coming. His death dealing with us. Raised again on the third day by the power of God. Ascended into the heavenly throne right there face to face with the Father. Included in that, wow! What happens when we see that? What God has done for us. What happens when we see that sharing this life that we share with Jesus Christ, what happens when we start to see that it means a radical reorientation in all of our relationships. Like, I can't just be okay blowing people off. Because God's not okay blowing people off. In fact, while we were enemies and estranged in our minds, He crosses all worlds to step down and gather us up. The Father's arms, as Irenaeus said all those years ago, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, pulling us right into His heart. (laughs) Uh, I love it. What happens when we see that is that everything changes. Everything changes. I I love the song. That's the third time we've sung that song. I love it. When When we sense what He's done in us. Why does everything change? Because God wants us conformed to his image because that's the way God is and that's what he wants to bring us into and uh when we start to see that we start to see that it's not just this big long list of do's and don't do this do this don't do this that Jesus isn't primarily bringing uh uh, uh, you know some kind of legal thing you do and don't do and you sign the contract and then you're in that's not really what he's kind of coming to show when you look at him he says I'm have come so that you can see what the father's like, so you can see what this re- and he lived totally out of this life that he'd always experienced with his father. And it's just absolutely mind-blowing. And being like the God that Jesus reveals means that we're going to be people that are into relationship, They're into making relationships that are wrong, right, that are strained. We're going to work on it. Where there's pride, we're going to find ways of going low. Where there's unforgiveness, we're going to be touched by the fact that God made a way for us all to be forgiven of everything that we've ever done. And we can't hold off on somebody else what we've already been forgiven of ourselves. When we see this, it's like everything really does change, and that's the foundation. That's what I'm talking about here. Jesus reveals this Christ Jesus that Paul keeps referring to all through this first section. The, the Christ he reveals is, the, 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 that he talks about, reveals the, the triune God of love. I feel like I'm trying to get that out. And practically, what does that mean? We keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And as much as I know I'm a kid about it sometimes, about preaching Jesus to you guys, do we have some other plan? I mean, even in preaching the Bible, He is the Word that the Bible points to. He's the living Word. That these, these writings, these Scriptures, point to. they're pointing to Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. God the One and Only, who dwells in the bosom of the Father, who's made God known to us so just like Paul was a model for that he's really pointing to his life all through this letter his own life so that the Philippians could see we are supposed to become models in our own lives of what God wants relationally in the world we're like signposts that point to the way it could be signposts that point to the future the way peace love harmony rightness not wars, not injustice, but love in the way of Jesus, right? And I know that we live in a world where all that's complicated. I'm not trying to go there big time, but it doesn't mean we can't hope and long for and in our hearts express the reign of God in every way that we can have influence. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? So, it's a vision marked by Jesus and marked by his return. It's like, I'm not just, even when I do that signpost thing like that, I, y'all laugh at me for doing that. But when I do that, it means I'm not just living my life as if what's coming doesn't matter. I'm living in a way that there's an end that's coming, and that end is a beginning. But I'm living in a way that I don't want to just live my life and just stand before the Lord and go, yeah, I just you saved me and then I just did whatever. You know, I want to I live a life that matters, that makes an eternal difference, in people that are going to be there with me, with us. Every tribe and language and nation and tongue, it's a vision that's moving towards something and it's a vision marked by love. That's the second piece of this vision. It's a vision marked for relationships and peace marked by Jesus, but also marked by ever-increasing love. And here's this great prayer at the end of this little section. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you may be able to discern what is best, may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, so... May, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So how do you say how do you talk about this? You know, God, I think maybe not God didn't struggle, but God he uh, he wanted to express that. And so he gave us marriage. And marriage is kind of God's way. It's not the only way, but it's one of God's main ways of expressing what his love is like for us. You know, and so a man and a woman been married 28 wonderful years, 28 wonderful years, and uh, you start to understand more of that love over time. In fact, I stood here, uh, the the worship leader today is my son-in-law, for those of you guys visiting, and this girl (laughs) sitting over here is my daughter, (laughs) and they got married about seven weeks ago in a day and uh, yeah so they were standing like this and I got to come up for a little bit Jimmy actually did the wedding Cybert, and I got to come up for a little bit and talk about just love you know and how do you explain on day one what love is going to be like on year 28 you know you'd say words I mean if I was asked, it's gonna be good it's gonna be great it's going to be really awesome. But you know, th- those words and that understanding is not the same as me at 28 years of incarnational living, like we're like in it now, together. It's a different kind of understanding when I say it's, it's going to be good, or it's going to be great, or it's awesome, or it's inexplainable almost to somebody who's just about to step into it. It's that crazy and so imagine somebody's been married 60 years, they lived a long life, they're 80 years old or whatever, and their understanding of love and, and, and this as a picture that points to the way God loves us, at 80 years it's scratching the tip of the edge of the iceberg that goes down for infinity and have some understanding of how God loves us, you know, and so Ever-increasing love. May your love abound more and more. And that, that whole illustration is not just for marriages. It's for people that live life together. Because that's the way, as I've loved you, I want you loving one another. That's the way He wants us expressing love. You don't get to the end of this. You don't wear this out and go, yeah, I want to move on to something more deeper. You know? And I, I love to talk. Theology or whatever with anybody, but but this is like you don't get away from this. Jesus and ever increasing love in relationships. Just the more you walk, the deeper it goes. And that you may discern what is best. You may discern what is best. And when you're in a relationship and when things get hard, you need a vision of the big picture. That's what he means when he says that you can see what's the most important thing. It's like having wisdom. You know, sometimes when you're just. And you're hitting your face up against one tree. That was weird. Not, not in the notes. And, and, and you're, you're just banging up against this one thing, it helps to go, oh, I need wisdom for what the forest is here. I need to be able to see. I need, I need like, I need to be able to discern what is best. This little blip on the screen of this relational difficulty that I'm having right now is just one little piece of an 80-90 year life if we live a long time, right? It's one little piece and it matters a whole lot more than me just being right in this little deal right now. And it's more important that I figure out how do I work through this relational thing? What needs to be communicated here? How, what, is, what part is humility going to play in this? What part is is, uh, you know, it's, it's a different kingdom. You know, it's not the tit-for-tat kingdom where you do something and you get to do something and then I get to do something. Or you did something to me and then I do something back to you. That's not the kingdom we're talking about. We're talking about a, a kingdom where people lay their lives down for one another. For they, where they prefer one another. Where they, where they, instead of, I've got to get mine... They figure out ways of serving the other and coming under the other in ways that bring healing and restoration and life. Again, living with this vision of Jesus' coming even is going to affect the way I love, my ever-increasing love. It's foolish for me to think that I won't stand before Jesus. I, I already... I mean, there's things I just... I don't... Relationally, I want to... I want to have, I want to minimize regret. This is not. Are you going to heaven or going to? It's not. That's not. That's not my, my discussion here. It's. I want to minim, I want to live a life in a way that's relationally right with other people, where when something's off or out of kilter, it's clunky. You know. Let's. We talk. We work through it. You know. And um, that's a part of the journey. It's just learning to do that we want our lives to be marked by the fruit of Jesus the fruit of righteousness of rightness that comes through Jesus Christ and you know one of the best things I can say to do is to get up morning by morning and spend a little time with Jesus Christ because what you do when you do that you find that where you're off relationally with someone it's like it will come up and God will give you opportunities and even courage to go and Humble yourself, make things right, have a meal, break bread together, see Jesus in the midst of breaking that bread, you know, and good stuff happens. When people are in Christ and are committed to ever increasing love, even when there's stuff that happens in our relationships, God has a way of bringing us together that's good. And some of that, you just, you gotta live a little life, you know, to figure some of that out, but that's, I think that's the message. That Paul's saying. Again, remember, there's this strain going on in the church, and this is the way he's starting this thing out. Relationships that are healthy are marked by a vision of Jesus Christ and this love. I want to see, because you're in Christ and I'm in Christ, we can work this thing out. Because you're committed to ever increasing love, I'm committed to ever increasing love, even to laying down my life, we are going to be able to work this thing out. Imagine the loss in the body of Christ because this isn't the vision and that's why it's a challenge that's the vision challenge is we have to go wow what is being lost right now imagine the cost in business families ministry you know and it's not hard you guys to think about changing the world if we just would start here i mean we we can change the world if we have a vision of Jesus Christ and his ever increasing love being expressed And put on display through us. What would happen if we committed ourselves to living this way? To expressing His love in this way? And so there's a vision challenge there. But I'm always just, whenever I say, what would happen if? I'm always just like, and why not? Why not live that way? Why not a takeaway from today be, I'm going to live with my eyes on Jesus Christ in my relationships? And I'm going to live with my eyes on ever increasing love in my relationships because I know it's going to bring about peace and harmony in the way that you know it's part the kingdom coming. So how do we move forward in this? And we'll take a little time for ministry here in just a minute. But but I I want to just think about a few practical things here because inevitably when I start casting vision like this, relationships and stuff, people are saying that's great but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know about my own stuff or my own struggles or, you know, you didn't go through the hurt that I actually went through. You know. And so we've all had varying levels of pain and, and hurt and heartache about relationships. And I, even this past week, I got to hear just, I've, just in the role that I'm in, and I, I know there's other people that get to hear some pretty crazy ones, even in this room, But I mean, I I heard something, and it was one of those times where I was like, I can't believe I'm listening to something so terribly heartbreaking and painful. That somebody did that to another brother, to my brother. This was another place. Um, But just like, wow, that is just grievous. You know, that is so horrendous and heartbreaking. You know, and yet he was putting on display with a smile. The life of Jesus, in love, reaching out, humbling himself. Romans 12 verse 18 says, "As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone." As far as it depends on you. I mean, there's the, you, you, you can't control them and their response in the middle of maybe some not wise decision making or whatever. But but as far as it depends on us, we can be this kind of people by the power of God. And I do want to say that when people love Jesus, mostly it does work. Mostly it does work. All those divorce statistics that you hear, half the people, half the ministers, half the... You know, that has not been my experience in 21 years of doing church life like this. Half the people haven't gotten divorces. You know, just so we're here and we're loving Jesus and we're committed to seeing life through the lens of Jesus Christ and ever-increasing love. Good things are going to happen when two people live that way, and it doesn't mean it's always going to work out, not, but just good things are going to happen when that is going on. There's always hope. There's always, it may not be on our timetable, but there's always hope. Being in Christ means that we will get a vision to uh, forgive. And if that's the challenge you need to hear today, because you've been forgiven. In Jesus Christ. Get a vision to forgive. Even if they've hurt, they've done crazy... The, you know, you can say, oh, it gives me almost joy, a painful kind of joy to hold on to something, but I want to say that the only way forward... Am I saying this right? The only way forward is to forgive. It's, it's the only way forward. You know, and is for our own hearts... To be tenderized in that process. To keep being challenged by ever... May your love abound more and more. When you put it in this context, an argument between two women at the end of this letter that he's going to unpack, it's like, oh, okay. He's pointing people to Jesus. He's pointing people to ever-increasing love. May your love abound more and more. Discernment. Fruit that's marked by Jesus. So Paul's wanting to get things worked out in Philippi but God wants to get things worked out in us. In me. In Jamie. In Kim. Matthew. Ben. Just all, all around this room, personalize that. God wants to work things out in your life, your situation, your relationships. Peace. And the vision challenge is that we would see, really see, what God's wanting to do here. And see Jesus. And see the God of relationship that Jesus Christ reveals and to believe because we are in Christ we are empowered to live this life. So if you would stand up, and I want to just kind of give a few challenges, you just a few opportunities for prayer here as the ministry team comes and as the worship team comes up and just you guys if you're visiting, we do this every Sunday, the front's going to fill up with people getting prayer, doesn't mean they're the the bad sinners we're all in this together. Who who doesn't need prayer in our relationships? You know, and so it starts with Jesus Christ. It starts if you've not started that journey, then may your eyes be opened and may the yes be in your heart today. There is nothing like following him. It's the best journey that you it's the best decision you could ever make just by his grace to say, and this is the way you do it. It's not like uh, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. It's just going, I see it, Lord. That's faith. I I, I see it. And I want you. I turn away from my way. And I just, yes, Lord. And for others of us, it's like we've been doing this journey, but it's we need encouragement today to say yes to the Lord in our relationships. And it might be something specific. Maybe maybe you need to forgive somebody and you want to just have somebody agree with you about it. It might even be that if you're really honest, you know that there was some hurt that you gave to somebody else. And it'd be like, hey, I, God, give me courage to just go and just say I'm sorry. You know? And just a little encouragement, don't go forgive somebody if they don't even know that you've hurt them or that there's a problem. That's not really a blessing. It's like, I forgive you and they don't even... What? That's not a blessing. If it's like that, forgive them. That's between you and the Lord. Forgive them. Okay? But, hey, don't leave today without getting somebody to pray for you. Just we want everybody to be, to be touched by the Lord. And just, even if the front fills up here, then just get somebody close by. Lay a gentle hand on the shoulder. Just pray the blessing of the Lord. Whatever's needed in your life. Lord, meet us today as we come and as we respond to You in this moment of just opportunity. Your presence is here. Meet us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We need You so much. Lord, give us Your vision for peace in our relationships. In Jesus' name. You guys, come. Whatever your need is. Healing. Salvation. Life. Hope. Hope for the future. Come.